We've got this. Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, hey yo. Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo. We've got this. Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, hey yo. We've got this. Find and away. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Cervical Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Danelle Barbara Randall. And if the audio sounds a little different today, it's because actually I am in a phone booth at a co-working space because I got a wild hair and decided to create this podcast episode unplanned. It's not something that was like, I'm going to do this. I just got a major stroke of inspiration. I was like, you know what? I want to make this happen. And I was out in town and I don't. I didn't have and I don't have my, you know, fancy microphone with a pop filter. So we are making do with what we have. As I've mentioned in past podcast episodes, I am not here to be a perfectionist. I'm not here to have like the most perfect podcast ever. I am here just to provide content and inspiration and education and things to think about. And we make do with what we have, right? So today's episode is actually a recording or an edited recording of a portion of a class that I taught in the last round of Cervical Wellness Online Live. And it was about devotional cooking and how it helps us heal our maternal lineage within our cervical healing journey. So this recording is just a portion of that hour and a half long class. So you might hear me reference things in the recording that I then teach about in the rest of the class. But why I wanted to share this piece of the recording is because I go into detail about what I believe and I see as the real importance of this practice that I call devotional cooking. And if you follow me on Instagram, you have heard me speak about this on and off for the last nine months or so. And it is my belief and my practice that when we approach our food and the kitchen and the hearth, with reverence and devotion that that actually impacts and uh, does something to the quality of our food and the way that we imbibe it, the way that we eat it, that has a profound effect on our well-being, on our vitality, and even our physiology. I wanted to bring this conversation or this piece of thought to you, my podcast listeners, because I truly believe that returning to the kitchen as women or just returning to the kitchen as humans, coming back to a place where we cook our own food and have reverence and devotion for the food that we eat is a gravely missing link in our modern culture. And in fact, is something that is continuously being outsourced through the advent of new technologies like apps, like Uber Eats, like Grubhub, like DoorDash, like fast food, like 
you know, I can go on and on. Also with the rising cost of groceries, at least here in the United States, and I'm pretty sure in many Western uh, countries right now, we're just seeing the cost of groceries go up and up and up. And so there is this feeling inside so many of us is like, well, how do we even approach food anymore? If, you know, if fast food is becoming easier to consume, through the use of apps and the cost of groceries is going up. Like where are we left? Where are we left as a culture and a society? And it is my charge or one of my charges here with the cervical wellness brand is to be an advocate for the return to the hearth and the return to the kitchen and the return to cooking whole simple foods that we don't really need to actually do anything fancy or complicated that just having very basic whole healthy foods that we cook for ourselves on a daily with devotion which i talk about this in what this means in this um in this clip that this is really that the change that so many of us are seeking or it's not even a change it's actually really going back to the way things were before things got really complicated and messy with our food systems, with our agricultural systems, with technology, and with the, with the death of the hearth in so many homes. I have a lot that I want to say about the subject matter, and I'm probably going to have actually a series of podcast episodes over the next several weeks about this because, friends, I'm actually in the process and the doors are open for my newest online program. I've only run it once before. This is the second cohort of Kitchen Hearth Heart Heal, The Way of the Devotional Cook. And this six-week online program is an exploration into the returning back to the kitchen and the hearth as women with devotion on behalf of our bodies, on behalf of the bodies of our family and loved ones, and in remembrance and reverence of our grandmothers that came before us, who, you know, truthfully, if it wasn't for their time in the kitchen at the hearth making the foods and feeding the bodies of our ancestors like we wouldn't be here and I speak about this in the clip as well but this six-week program is I don't even want to say it's a deep dive it's really an invitation of remembrance to return back into the kitchen about how to cook but what tools you need about how to approach the kitchen what to do when you're there what to think about when you're there how to think about being in the kitchen and at the stove how to think about food shopping and planning and budgeting all of these things so i'll be talking more about this as the weeks roll on we begin the program the second cohort on April 21st and no excuse me April 18th goes through May 21st and I'll go ahead and put the link to the um, landing page with more information in the show notes below but this clip is really an offering of the introduction to what is devotional cooking and how it is important within our greater cultural healing and cultural remembrance in particular 
on behalf of the women within our lineage. So friends, this is a long introduction and <laughs> I had a lot to say clearly. So let's go ahead and dive into this clip. I hope you enjoy it. So I call this devotional cooking and the reclamation of our maternal lineage. This is something that really has come through as a powerful piece for the cervical healing journey. When I, when you, we really start to tie together the understanding that the stories of our cervix, the stories of our deep pelvis align with the patterns and stories of our mother and her mother and our mother lineage. And then when we can then look at how we were mothered and how we were mothered in this place of the kitchen. And I'm going to be diving into this even more, but what the kitchen and the hearth represents in this place of home, we can start to see that our relationship in with the kitchen and how we feed ourselves and how we nourish ourselves is actually a very foundational block of our cervical healing journey. And so this is something that I wrote after the first round of a program I ran called Kitchen Hearth Heart Heal, The Way of the Devotional Cook. After me and the group of seven or eight women all had a conversation around how much cooking for themselves brought up the wounds that they had towards their mother and their mother's lineage and this sense of being mothered and sense of being nourished and taken cared for. So how we are in the kitchen is how we were mothered, is how we nourish ourselves, is how we are with food, is how we are with our bodies, is how we feel as a woman in the world, is how we approach the hearth. And then it just kind of cycles back is how we are in the kitchen, is how we are. So it's just kind of this like long, continuous unfolding of this interrelationship between these places. So for many of us on our cervical healing journey, our relationship with food, nourishment, how we feel in our body, how we take care of ourselves, such as self-mothering, and how we were mothered, and the heritage of our maternal lineages all can come up. What is devotional cooking and why is it important for this journey? In short, my idea of devotional cooking is cooking with mindfulness, awareness, and intention. And like really this idea of it's not just you are what you eat, but it's you are how you make your food. And it's you are how you are in your body and in your mind and in your heart as you prepare that food that that is actually who we become in essence. And I will go into more detail as to why I believe this is so. So this word devotion, there's Katie, this word devotion means ardent, often selfless affection and dedication as to a person or a principle. So affection and dedication to your food, with your food in the kitchen. And in this process of devotion, we are actually utilizing one of the most powerful forces in our body, which is actually the energetics of our heart. And again, I'm going to get into that in here in a little bit. But what devotional cooking is, in my estimation, and what I teach my long-term clients, is that 
not only can food be medicinal itself, you know, like the quality of the ingredients, you know, maybe from a farm or buying, you know, you know, higher get quality foodstuffs, but the medicine is actually found in the creation of your food and what goes behind the scenes as you put all of these pieces together and, and have alchemy to then put into your body. And cervix, as you know, is the is an organ of birthing. Like, you know, the gestation happens within the womb, but the 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 birthing and the creating into the now, into the present is the realm of cervix. And so I really like to start to invite us to consider like this idea of creation is actually a medicine of cervix. And as we create our foods and um, make them be so that we can put them into our body, that there is a direct interrelation between what's happening within our pelvis and how we associate with the foodstuffs that we have. So let me, I forget what is the next slide. Our food and the way we engage with it is the foundation of our lives, my friends. And it's time we begin to treat it as such. So the energy that we hold in our mind and our hearts impacts our food. The water within the food is imprinted with our thoughts and emotions. So devotional cooking is bringing consciousness and awareness to our food, working with our food, and even eating our food, which I know in this day and age when we are, you know, sitting in front of the TV or our smartphone or our tablet and just kind of like popping something in the microwave and then woofing something down, what I'm calling us into is to retrain ourselves to have this devotional relationship with our food on behalf of our cervix, and it actually represents something more soul nourishing than really anything else that we can engage in. When we approach our cooking with reverence and love and gratitude, like this is then translated into our bodies and the bodies of those we love if we are cooking for other people. So, you know, for many of us, cooking has been a chore or it's thought of as a chore. And I really believe that this has actually been an intentional manipulation or inversion on the part of like the overculture that we are within because only maybe even like a 100 years ago, the hearth and the kitchen was this place of deep reverence and familial connection and deep love of sustenance and nourishment and um you know, co-creation with other family members and particularly the women of the family. So, you know, the original role of women in a household, like I like removing any sort of like ideological constructs from your mind, just like think back to like the last several thousand years, women have tended to the food, like maybe the men have gone out and like hunted, but then it's like generally the women who would like chop things up and make them into a stew or, um, you know, create beautiful pastries or, 
you know, preserving things. This was the role of the mothers and the grandmothers, and that has been lost. And what my inquiry for us is like, at what cost? What has this costed us to be disconnected from this deeply maternal process of nourishment and feeding ourselves and our family with love and devotion and reverence and using our creative life force within our deep pelvis to birth this medicine for ourselves and for the people that we love? The hearth used to be the heart and the life force beating within the home. And that isn't really what's happening today. So I have a story. I have like a a thing that I have written. And I call it the vital hearth, the story of the vital hearth. And you're welcome to just like close your eyes and take this in if you would like, because I'm actually going to be reading off of my notes over here. Um, but this, the, I wrote this in like a fit of deep passion for what returning to the hearth can mean for us as women, especially on a cervical healing journey or a womb reclamation journey, or just like a, a female embodiment journey. And how I truly believe this is a very important missing link that is not being talked about. And so You know, you can like, actually, let's just go ahead and close our eyes and just take a breath through your nose and out through your mouth. And just feeling where our awareness is in our body right now. Just leaning back into our body. Then like a stone falling through water, we can just drop our awareness down to our cervix, to our womb. And just bringing spaciousness and relaxation here. So as I read this story of the vital hearth, I invite you to stay in this place and just notice how it lands. So the story of the vital hearth. Our deep ancestral ties with the concept of hearth stretch back, way back in our early beginnings as nomadic hunter-gatherers when sitting around the fire was the central point of a community. Food was cooked around the fire. Stories were shared around the fire. Community was built around the fire. Safety was felt around the fire. Fire is what revolutionized our human existence and forged the bonds of families and communities that helped them endure even the most desperate and destitute times. As long as we had fire, we felt safe, warm, nourished, and protected. As we progressed in our evolution as a species, and the development of cultures around the world, the fire and the hearth remained a central place within each home and community. 
most often it was the women who tended to the fire and the hearth. Altogether, shelling peas, rendering lard, baking bread, and making nourishing soups and stews for the hardworking men and community members. The hearth became a place of power for the women. It was their domain. And with their hands, they formed the foods and the foundation of the families and children that all of us come from. If it wasn't for the women tending to the hearth for all those centuries and millennia, we wouldn't be here today. It's the devotion to the hearth that kept our lineages alive during war, famine, drought, disease, and every other hardship humanity's endured over time. What an incredible place of power. So think about it for a second. Have you ever noticed that at house parties, people tend to flock and hover in and around the kitchen? Or the deep sense of peace and well-being that comes over us when we walk into a house and we can feel the warmth emanating from the kitchen and the smell and smell the aroma of whatever is cooking? Or how children and pets love to be in the kitchen with us, even though we shoo them away continuously? The kitchen is magnetic. The hearth calls to us and pulls us in to be warmed by the fire and nourished by the magical creations pouring from this place in the house. The kitchen and the hearth are the heart of the home, and it's from this location that deep healing on multidimensional levels occurs. It's embedded deep into our DNA memory and is a missing piece for many of us in this modernized world. Unfortunately, over the last 60 or so years, we've been taught and ingrained into us that the kitchen was a place of impression for women, that the daily tasks of tending to the hearth kept us from, quote, living our potential and, quote, achieving success in ways that men have done. And over the past 60 plus years, we've seen a rise in women exchanging the aprons and wooden spoons for executive business suits and high-powered careers, leaving the hearth cold and empty. And while this progress has been revolutionary for many, many women, giving us women opportunities that all of our grandmothers didn't even have a sliver of hope for. It's important to consider at what cost this progress has fostered. The heartbeat of many homes slowed down and hardened with convenience and fast foods, and even more so now with food delivery services where we don't even need to make any sort of effort beyond tapping our phones a few times in an app. Chronic illness, autoimmune disease, mental health conditions, and an overall haze of unwellness and disease has gripped us as women in Western society since we have abandoned the hearth for money and masculine power. Where at one time families could count on nourishing home-cooked meals created by hand 
by people we love to warm our bellies and souls. We now rely on foods cooked by people who really don't want to be doing so, because who really wants to work at a fast food or any other convenience food location, truly? Packaged in plastic or styrofoam and served to us semi-cold, limp, and in a way that has zero heart and soul to it. So what has happened to the fires that have built communities and kept people's souls alive in times of hardness and desperation? A return to the hearth and kitchen and the remembrance of the path of devotional cooking our grandmothers of all of our lineages practice is what our dying culture and sick bodies needs. We need foods to warm our bellies, awaken our hearts, and to nourish our souls. And it's time for us as women, especially us women on the cervical healing journey, to remember our power in the kitchen and to relearn the ways that have kept society alive and thriving for generations. And cervix is calling us back home to a place where we have exhibited and practiced our power for as long as we have had fire. Just taking a breath and just feeling in your own body, the fire of your womb and belly. Just for a moment, just using your mind to like scan across your memory bank of your life. And just feel in your body your relationship with the hearth, with the fire of the house, with cooking. Because the kitchen and the hearth is the heart of our home. And as we will see here in a moment, our heart is deeply connected to cervix and womb. And so when we are connected to the heart of our home, there is like this bioresonance that happens within our bodies where the interplay of the heart of your home and the heart of our body can pulse with life, leading to like wholeness and joy and happiness within our own body. So cooking at its base level is a transformation of energy. We eat food for energy. And even more so, we eat food to nourish our mitochondria, which produces energy, ATP, in our body. And in module three, I talk about how mitochondria and mitochondrial DNA is directly associated with our direct maternal lineage. And in fact, the mitochondrial DNA is only from our direct maternal lineage. So when we are eating, when we are nourishing ourselves, we are actually nourishing this very unique package of DNA that comes from our grandmothers, which I think is really powerful. Like if you really sit with that idea. In terms of what the hearth can represent for us 
on a cervical healing journey. The first thing that I want to say is that food is a legacy of our people. And when I say our people, I don't mean like your community. I mean of the people that we have come from. And so as we eat and as we devotionally cook and as we consume and work with food, we're actually continuing the heritage of all the people who did the exact same thing to bear us, like who bore us into existence. Each of our lineages has a lineage of food. And this is something that has been lost. And this is something that many, many, many years ago was what was passed on from grandmother to granddaughter, from mother to daughter, is this lineage of food? Are these family recipes? Are these like ways that we have devotionally cooked to maintain the health and vitality of our body and the bodies of those that we love? All of us, I bet, have a dish or something that someone in our family may have made that holds memory. So is there like a dish that your grandmother used to make or your mother or someone in your family that really like represents something important in your family? For me, it's like my mother's chicken pot pie and her carrot cake muffins. And then my grandmother would make these like Polish um, meat cabbage rolls. And I just associate them with family and well being and like lineage. Like nobody else's carrot cake, only my mother's carrot cake, these sorts of things. And why I want to bring this forward is because as you learned in module three, like the, the encoded memory of our mother into our bodies by way of us being in utero, then can, can like extrapolate out to the encoded memory of our mother by way of the food that she created to nourish us whether or not she did or not, you know, some of us do not have a relationship with our mother in that way. And so like, what, how did that mm, sever isn't the right word, but how did that influence our relationship with our root, with the, with our womb, with the place in between our root and our womb, which is our cervix? where we face ourselves and we find a place where we belong in wholeness in our body. So food is encoded living tradition of the heart of our ancestors. And, you know, traditional grandmother cooking is touted as the best because it's deep memory and deep time encoded within the foods made by hand by the people we loved. It's like there are these recipes that have been passed down through generation and maybe even, you know, even if it's not like the exact person making the recipe, I really, I, my mind goes to this place of there's something about the recipe and the way that it's made of that being deep time encoded 
And then it's translated into the food that is made that is then nourishing our bodies that happens through generations over and over again. But unfortunately, that tradition has been lost in our Western culture. And at what cost? That is like my main question here is like, at what cost has the the severance of our relationship to the hearth uh, become for our bodies, wellness, and communities? Thank you so much for joining us today, friends. If you want more cervical wellness information and content, check out my website, cervicalwellness.com, or give us a follow over on Instagram at cervicalwellness. Please share this episode if it felt right and true for you. And until next time, friends, remember, we've got this.